0: Okay, Ezra 5 and 6. If you remember last week, we talked about how the people had returned to rebuild, right? They returned, and they returned from exile, and they returned to what city? Jerusalem. Let's all say that. They returned to what city? Jerusalem. Way to get us going on that, though. That was awesome. So I talked about how they're rebuilding uh, their, in many ways, their identity. And how did they do that? They were rebuilding the altar. They celebrated the festivals. They laid down the foundation of the temple. They worshiped the Lord. Remember that part? They were singing and they were shouting to Yahweh. Again, they are rebuilding their identity in the Lord. Last Sunday, I loved what we did. I I carved out some time for us to examine our lives. Did you enjoy that, or was that kind of painful, right? But we all need to examine our lives. More importantly, we asked who? The Holy Spirit, to examine our lives just right holy spirit illuminate shine into those rhythms shine into those patterns that i have in my life and and i asked you if you'd be so brave and bold enough to actually give him permission to stir you up right we declare we are going to be stirred up for the lord inspire us holy spirit help us holy spirit even to set up new patterns healthy boundaries right disciplines. All why? To walk out the freedom that we have in Jesus. All that we could walk out the abundant life that we have in Jesus. A few of you, and I appreciate these kinds of emails, testimonies. A few of you shared what that's looked like in your life this week way to go like i'm so very proud of you i I realize this every time i'm preaching i'm not preaching to everybody but i'm preaching to somebody and if that's you if you're willing to grow if you're willing to actually get unstuck and be stirred up by the spirit you're in the right place there's never a chance you're leaving here the same if you're truly open to what the holy spirit wants to do in your life he's here by the way it's just are we here like he's here he's moving but are we willing to let him move All right, here we go. Prophets Haggai and Zechariah, verse 1, they prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. And then Zerubbabel and Jeshua rose up, and they began to rebuild the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. So right away, beginning of chapter 5. Can we just admit, those are familiar names. If you've read the Bible at all, you're like, I think I know those guys. Haggai, and what was the other one? starts with a Z. Zechariah. Yeah, Zechariah. And what are they doing? They're encouraging the leaders. They're encouraging the people. Hey, rebuild the temple. Get get going. And yes, there was some opposition. We looked at that last week. they are enemies opposing this rebuilding. But again, the prophets say, no, you can do this. They're encouraging the people, encouraging the leaders to resume building you know, with this intentional month of 24-7 prayer at Lifespring. And that's what we're in the middle of, and it's been just so good and so powerful. But it's been a faith builder for me. And I'll say it because I made a request, and some of you have, actually walked through with this request. I said, if you signed up for the two-hour time slot, if at all possible, if you are willing, please email us. Email us what the Lord has been speaking to you during that prayer time. And we have gotten a lot of emails. Again, thank you church for doing that. And it's been a faith builder. And and it's not like, you know, thus saith the Lord, all caps, like you're shouting at us. And we don't read your emails that way. But how we do read them is, it's just like a soup with all these ingredients. You're just putting it all together, right? You're collecting it all. And then as a pastoral team, we get to pray through your emails. And then what are we doing? We're discerning where the Lord is. Have you ever done that before? You get all these kinds of words, you're like, okay. Well, then God, what are you saying? How are you moving? Because more than anything, by the way, in my life, Daniel Allen Burch's life, do you know what I want more than anything? I want to know what the Lord is saying. I want to know. I mean, my prayer again and again. If you're around me at all, you know this is my prayer. What do I say? I say, Lord, give me ears to hear. Lord, give me eyes to see. Because here's the deal. God's moving. Did you know that? Like, God is moving. Even if I was like just the loser of lo- losers, guess what? God's still going to move. And so if God is moving, you know what my prayer is. It's just like, okay, God, I trust you're moving, so help me See with my eyes, hear with my ears, how and where you're moving. Does that make sense to you at all, right? We don't have to try to force God to move. He's already moving, but I want to be a part of the move of God. And right away, chapter 5, you see Haggai, Zechariah, these prophecies, they're encouraging the leaders to rise up. Everybody say, rise up. Rise up. To rise up and to start building. They motivated, they encouraged the leaders to rebuild the house of God. And again, those emails that you're sending, they are an encouragement to the pastoral team here at LifeSpring. And again, a lot of the energy, the excitement surrounding this season, it's been fueled by you. The Lord is using you. You continue to speak life-giving, Holy Spirit-inspired words and promises over this church. And again, from your pastor's heart, thank you. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 14, it's Paul's instructions to the church. What does he say? He says, the one who prophesies, who speaks that message from the Lord. He speaks what? To people for their, say it with me, strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Say it again. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Say it one more time. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So you've done that for us. But let's take it up a notch, as Emerald Lagasse used to say. Who else in your life needs that? Who else in your life needs that? You're running your race. Only you can run your race. You know the people that are in your life. We are in Kenya, so only they know who's in their life right now. I'm not in Vekka. You know, you're You're running your race. Only you know who's in your life right now. But who else needs this? Think about that. Because remember, what Jesus has done in your life, because of the Holy Spirit in you, you've got, you've got, you've got. In Jesus, you've got God-inspired, life-giving words in you. Sure, you could use your tongue to tear down. You could use your tongue to divide, your mouth to slander and to gossip. That temptation, by the way, it's there for every single one of us. But because of Jesus, you have the power. In fact, you have the privilege to use your words, to speak words, prophetic words from the heart of God, words that, again, strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Choose to speak life over people and watch what happens. Did you hear what I just said? Choose to speak life over people, watch what happens. For the leaders in chapter 5, these words were enough to stir them up, to get them going again. It caused them to rise up, to get up, to rebuild. Even in the face of opposition, Haggai and Zechariah's words helped them get up and get going. In fact, I was just at Ava's softball game, and what a terrible game. They won like 28 to 2. or It was just so bad so boring but anyways uh i was talking don't tell ava that but just you you want a good game but i was talking to this christian lady and and you could just tell i mean she was struggling a lot of fear a lot of christians just filled with paralyzed in fear and i just knew at that moment you've been there before i have this moment that i get to use my mouth to what to encourage Her to encourage her to strengthen encourage and comfort her to help her get up and get going you have people think about your life this isn't just a pastor thing i'm challenging you think about your life there are people around you who are struggling they are dying may your words be life-giving encouragement to them our church name what, what is the name of our church no, you're wrong. Officially, it's Five Foursquare. <laughs> yes, of course, you're right. Life Spring, and actually, officially, our name is Five, but Life Spring. Yes, Life Spring. Who, who's, who's the spring, right? Where, where's that coming from? That life, it's Jesus. Jesus is the source of that spring. He's the temple. He's the temple from which that river flows, and wherever that river flows, whatever it touches, what does it do? It brings life. Everybody say life. life. It's so important that we understand what Jesus has done. He's done that for you. He's done that for me. But then we got to keep the river flowing. right? Wouldn't it be a shame if you just allowed that river to touch your life, radically change your life, but then you just kind of held it for yourself? What happens when you don't let the river flow? The river turns into a pond. And have you ever seen a stale pond? Like there's no life in that pond. It's just got the pond scum on top. No, you got to let it be a river that flows, yes, to you, but also church through you, through you. But how does it flow through you? It flows through you. He's not going to make it flow through you. You're not a robot that he just controls and forces to do things. No, he's going to flow through you as you give him permission. This is so important. Permission to influence what? Both your words and your actions. What you say and what you do. I, I hope you're willing to let him flow through you. Because if you are, I guarantee you, like this week, maybe even today, somebody uh, just this is the truth i promise you there is someone in your life who needs that touch from the lord they need a believer they need like a child of god one who has been rescued and set free one who has the life-giving words of the lord in their heart they need them to come alongside and to speak those words to help them what to rise up to get going and to start rebuilding their identity in christ again does that make sense this is really good stuff today i hope you're listening write this down take notes it could change your life so the rebuilding of the temple so good. Verse 3, at that time, Tatani, governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shether Bozenai and their associates went to them, went to these leaders, these guys that are building. And he says, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? Like, what are you doing? And they also asked, what are the names of those who were constructing this building? That would make me nervous, by the way, if the people, uh, these leaders said, hey, and who's actually leading this? Don't tell them it's me. Don't tell them it's me. But look at this verse 5, it's so encouraging. But the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews. That really encouraged me this week. And so they were not stopped until a report could go to Darius and his written reply be received. Again, did you catch that? It's so good, verse 5. The eye of their God was watching over them. That's encouraging. It's encouraging that even as we are trying to do what we believe God is asking us to do as a church. Verse 5, you can stand on that. If you want a poster, make a poster of that. You can rest on that. Did you know that God is watching over you? God's eye is on you. God's eye is on this church. Did you know that? God's eye is on Lifespring. He is with us, Lifespring. Church, as we move forward in what the Lord is stirring us to do, I just want you to hear this. It will be done. Like, it will be accomplished. Why? He will see to it. (laughs) He will see to it. Amen? Amen. All right, verse 6. This is the copy of the letter that Tatani and and Shether Bozani and all the officials of trans-Euphrates sent to King Darius. So this is their letter. And this is actually a pretty good recap of the last few weeks. The report they sent to him uh, reads as follows. To King Darius, cordial greetings. The king should know that we went to the district of Judah, to the temple of the great God. The people, they're building it with large stones, placing timbers in the walls. The work is being carried on with diligence. It's making rapid progress under their direction. We questioned the elders. We said, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? We also asked for their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information, King Darius. This is the answer that they gave us. We are servants of God of heaven and earth. We are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, one that a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the Chaldean king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. And, we, and we, we, we studied that. However, in the first year of Cyrus king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. He even removed the from the temple of babylon the gold and silver articles of the house of god which nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in jerusalem and brought to the temple in babylon then king cyrus gave them to a man named Sheshbazar, whom he had appointed governor and he told him take these articles and go and deposit them in the temple of jerusalem and rebuild the house of god on its site So this Sheshbazar came, laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem, and from that day to the present it's been under construction, but it is not yet finished. Now if it pleases the king, let a search be made in the royal archives of Babylon to see if King Cyrus did in fact issue a decree to rebuild this house of God in Jerusalem, and then let the king send us his decision in this matter. Again, if you missed the first two weeks of the series, there you go. That was a really good recap of what we've been talking about. But let's keep reading because King Darius is about to give his response. Let's read King Darius's response. He issued an order. They searched the archives. A scroll was found in the citadel, and this is what was written. Memorandum, verse 3. In the first year of King Cyrus, the king issued a decree concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. Track with me, church. Let the temple be rebuilt as a place to present sacrifices. Let its foundations be laid 60 cubits high, 60 cubits wide, three courses of large stones and one of timbers. The costs are to be paid by the royal treasury. Also, the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon. Look at this. They are to be returned to their places, returned to their places in the temple in Jerusalem. They are to be deposited in the house of God. Okay, this is King Darius' response, verse 6. He also says this. He goes, Tatani, Shetherbozani, stay away from there. Isn't that good? Stay away from them. Don't interfere with the work that is happening on this temple. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this house of God on its site. Stay away. Moreover, I hereby decree. This is the king, remember? He says, I hereby decree what you are to do for these elders of the Jews in the construction of this house of God. This is so good. Their expenses are to be fully paid. Everybody say fully paid fully paid out of the royal treasury from the revenues of trans euphrates so that the work will not stop i'm I'm saying whatever is needed young bulls rams lambs burnt offerings to god of heaven wheat salt wine olive oil as requested by the priests in jerusalem it must be given to them daily everybody say daily 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 without fail so that they may offer sacrifices pleasing to the god of heaven and pray for the well-being of the king and his sons furthermore i decree if anyone defies this edict, a beam is to be pulled from their house, and they are to be impaled on it. And for this crime, their house is to be made a pile of rubble. May God, who has caused his name to dwell there, overthrow any king or people who lifts a hand to change this decree or to destroy this temple in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have decreed it. Let it be carried out with diligence. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, not only does he confirm the legitimacy of this whole project, the rebuilding of the temple, but he takes it a step further. He Emerald Legassi's the thing. He says, I will also provide financial support for the temple's completion. Interesting timing for us, LifeSpring, because a couple of the emails that I've received have made this exact point. In fact, one of your emails that you sent me, Pastor Joe, made this exact point. That during your prayer times, you've heard the Lord say that there are people, like leaders, who aren't even Christians, by the way, who are going to be stirred up by the Lord to help accomplish the Lord's promises and purposes here at LifeSpring. That resonates with me. Like, I'm all in for that. I agree. I think that's true. And I think the Bible shows us again and again, doesn't it, that God will use anything but also use any one for his purposes. That's true. But I'll also say this. Sometimes I need that reminder. Because there are times when I get stuck, it's just like anybody else. But this is how I get stuck. Well, that person would never do that. Oh, but see, that thing, oh, that could never happen. And you don't have to admit that you say those types of things. I'll admit it for you. right? This is just part of the human condition, isn't it? Outside of faith, this is how we begin to talk. This is how we begin to make decisions. And what are we doing? Really, with my mind, I am limiting God. Now, I can't limit God. Like, God, God is limitless. But in my mind, I am putting limits on what God can do. So I've had this happen over the years. You know, I'll get into this kind of stinking thinking and uh, this negative attitude, and I love the Lord because it's right there, when the Holy Spirit and I, I love my relationship with God because He's always speaking, and He'll come in, and He'll remind me, "Hey, Dan, Dan." And it's usually not an audible voice, but He speaks to my heart. He says, "Dan, have you forgotten who I am? You ever had that happen before to you? Have you, Dan? Have you, have you forgotten?" Just two weeks ago, I was on a run, and my runs are getting shorter and shorter. My knees are just not doing what they need to do. <laughs> but I'm on a run, and again, not an audible voice, but he was speaking to my heart. Dan, did you forget who I am? And this is what he says said. said, if I can defeat sin and death, then I can do anything. Like, I can do anything. Dan, if I can raise from the dead then I can do anything. Nothing you're facing is too difficult for me. Nothing you're facing is impossible for me. That's such a faith builder. Again, don't limit God. Our our actions, think of it this way, our actions are often a byproduct of what we think. Right? We know that. It flows from our minds, out of our mouths. Our actions often are... What flows from what we're thinking. And so it's important, it's so vital that our minds are set on the Lord, that your mind is set on the Lord and on His Word. It's so important that we get this. Think about it. Where in your life do you need that reminder today? Where? In your family, in your school, in your place of employment? Where do you need that reminder today? Where do you need to get your mind back on the Lord and on His promises? Again, church, if God can use King Darius, he can use anybody, anybody, anybody. Let faith arise today. God's got this. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're walking through, wherever you've been tempted to say, like, well, that person would never, or God, that would never happen. Again, wherever that is, first I'll just say this, like, forgive me, right? Repent. Forgive me, Lord, for my lack of faith. Help me believe in my unbelief. Help me believe. That's the first step. But then two, put your trust in God. Take a stand. (laughs) Put your faith in God and believe. Believe. But I, oh man, just, I find myself in rooms that just lack faith and belief. And, and sometimes I'm just waiting for somebody else, but I'm realizing the Lord is saying, no, again, you're going to start it. You're going to be the one with faith. You're going to be the one to believe. Some of you, you know, you're entering into rooms that just are completely void of faith. And you take a stand and believe in the Lord. No, I trust in God. And no matter how impossible it seems, in the mighty name of Jesus, it is done. Life spring. Again, don't limit the Lord. Don't put a ceiling on what God can do. Again, I'm not preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to somebody. Somebody in this room needs to hear that today. You know, I was thinking about it. You got to believe that this letter from King Darius, it was wind in their sails. You know what I'm talking about? Like just, whoo, like did you check the mail today? Like this is awesome. You ever get wind in your sails from somebody? Yeah, somebody just gave me a mod gift card the mod pizza gift card the talk about motivation i was like i can take on the world that was awesome you need that sometimes don't you it doesn't mean by the way when you get a letter like that that from then on everything's perfect that you know the happily ever after and they run to the sunset and nothing ever bad happens again like i'm not saying that but it did remind those followers of yahweh that god was with them God was there. Not only was God with them, I think that letter reminded them that God was working behind the scenes. We need that encouragement, don't we? That when we're seeing what we're seeing, we need to know that God is still working, even when I don't feel it. Even when I don't see it. God, you're still working. You're working for your good, or for our good, and for your glory. You need that, don't you? That's, that's, you know, I got my mod pizza story there, but as a church... Uh, something like this just happened to us on Sunday. Wind in my sails. Pastor Wayne Ferris, you guys know Pastor Wayne. He planted that church over in Nine Mile Falls, Journey Church. He asked me to make a video, so I played a vi- I, I recorded a video talking about this 24/7 prayer in September. We, they played it at their church on Sunday so that they would be praying for us. After they played the video, their council, their financial council, all came up on stage and one by one they prayed. For us, life spring. They prayed for us. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that, that just that, that touches my heart. And they took time in the middle of their service to pray for us. Again, that's wind in my sails, praise the Lord. But church, I'm praying for more. I'm praying for more. I've actually been praying a very specific prayer over us as a church this week. That we would find favor with the kings of this land favor like whatever that i don't even know what that means but just that the key holders that the gatekeepers not that we would worship them or like bow down to them but that the lord would use them he would leverage them right that he would stir their hearts and i was praying for like Every leader, I I was praying that the Lord would stir the hearts of Foursquare. So we're a part of the denomination Foursquare. Lord, would you just stir the denomination's heart? Even if we found a ten million dollar building, they'd be like, "Well, here's ten million because we believe in what God's doing in the Pacific Northwest." I I just praying for a stirring. That I was praying for a a stirring uh, just in other churches in our area. There's a lot of churches in our area. We want to partner with them. We want to be a part of what God is doing in their church. That the Lord would stir their hearts and give them that word. I've been praying for our city i've been praying for our cities i've been praying for the leaders of this region of the state of this country that god would stir the hearts of those people in power for his purposes for god's will to be done and that this is the thing church and this is the kicker that it would be a sign to us that it would be encouragement to us that god's eye is on us and he's gonna see us through he's gonna see us through That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm praying for. And when we receive that letter of favor, by the way, you better believe I'll be reading it to all y'all. And that is happening, by the way. Just this morning, a guy in Las Vegas, a friend of mine, was texting saying, I'm praying for you, Dan. I'm praying for your church. This is happening. Praise the Lord. So this is awesome. The temple is being rebuilt. God's even using foreign kings. Glory to God. Foreign kings to make it happen. Praise God. How good is our God. Verse thirteen. Because of the decree King Darius had sent, Tatanai, governor of Trans Euphrates, Shethar, Bozani, and their associates carried it out with diligence. So they get this letter back, and now they're carrying it out. The elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah. They finished building the temple according to the commands of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. The temple was completed. Man, this is so good. The temple was completed on the third day of the month Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. It goes on to say, if you look at the very next verse, the people celebrated the dedication of the house of God, but they celebrated it with joy. Everybody say, with joy with joy and then verse 19 on the 14th day of the first month the exiles celebrated the passover they slaughtered the passover lamb verse 22 seven days they celebrated with joy the festival of unleavened bread because why the lord had filled them with joy everybody say with joy with joy joy. by changing the attitude of the king of assyria so that he assisted them in the work on the house of god the god of israel are you catching the theme (laughs) <laughs> Carolyn caught it and Because you are a person of joy, Carolyn It's celebration and joy Celebration and joy As we look at this And as we read through this rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem This place, the temple by the way It's a place, it's a glimpse It's a window into that original garden relationship, isn't it? Of Adam and Eve It's a place where God's people encounter God's presence But as you're studying that, I mean, I'm a Christian, right? So I can't help... But think about what Jesus has done for me. That Jesus made a way for every single person in this room. If you decided to show up today and you've got Jesus in your life, you just need to hear this. Jesus made a way for you to encounter God's personal presence. If you don't have Jesus in your life, get Jesus in your life. Just, I'm telling you right now, ask Him to come into your life because He gives you an opportunity to be in God's garden presence. And it's not in some temple somewhere in Jerusalem, but it's now in the temple of our bodies. It's in us and it's also the temple of his gathered church it's in the temple of his people we have so many reasons life spring for celebration and joy celebrated they were filled with joy but come on the temple they rebuilt it pales in comparison to the temple we've got in jesus jesus himself he says in, in john 2 he says this he goes i am a temple that cannot be destroyed he says i am greater than the temple jesus in christ we have so many reasons for celebration and joy and i just hope we understand this as believers ezra this book of ezra it's so powerful it's so beautiful but it's all pointing to christ it's pointing to jesus If you can't get that, get that. Because look what they're doing. They are working hard. They are working very, very hard. I don't think I would want to work as hard as they are working. They're trying to get the temple rebuilt. They're trying to get it restored. Hard work. Dangerous work. It's holy work. It's God-ordained work. But, I mean, it's not a cakewalk. But none of the work they are doing compares to the work that Jesus has done on the cross and in that grave. See, because of the work of Jesus on that cross, in that grave, Jesus restored the garden relationship back to God. Anybody else at peace with God? I'm so thankful. I'm at, like It is settled and it is done. I have peace in God. And not because of anything I have done, but because of what Jesus has done for me. I am in Christ. I have been rebuilt. My identity was broken. My identity was fractured. But my identity has been restored in Christ as a child. Child of my Father God. He brought me back into relationship. I now walk in a garden with Father God. I am at peace with God. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus has done. Don't forget what Jesus has done. Worship team, you can come come on up. But I just I mean it goes on even with the celebration of the Passover meal. I don't even have time to talk about all that. But the Passover lamb, you know the story. Sacrificing that lamb it's a reminder to the people of what God had done in the original Exodus. The story of Yahweh saving, delivering, rescuing his people out of slavery in Egypt. As followers of Jesus, we celebrate the perfect lamb of God. We celebrate The Lamb of God who was slain, who was and is and is to come. And through his sacrifice, he didn't just pull us out of slavery, out of Egypt. He brought us out of the slavery to sin and death. I mean, talk about freedom. You want to know real freedom? Invite Jesus into your life. Some of you need to hear that today. You've tried everything else. It is time to put on Jesus. Give Jesus your life and watch what he will do. He will literally bring you from spiritual death into eternal life. I know many of you are facing very real and serious challenges these days. But in the midst of it all, could we remember to celebrate? He's always worthy of celebration. He's always worthy of your joy. He's always worthy of your song. Celebrate the Lord. Do not be silent. Don't be silent. If you don't praise the Lord, if you keep silent, guess what? The rocks will cry out. Do you know who said that? Jesus. Jesus said that. If you stay silent, the rocks are going to cry out and tell the wonderful things that I have done. Because he has done great things. He's done great things. It is always appropriate to celebrate. It is always appropriate to be filled with with joy for what jesus has accomplished on the cross and in the grave and so my prayer for us as we celebrate jesus as we are filled with hope and peace and joy and all the things that jesus has done for us i'm praying a bold prayer i'm praying it for myself i'm praying it for you and i hope you join me in this prayer that all of us would take the limits off again god's going to do what he's going to do. He's faithful in his sovereignty. And like, he, he's just God, like he's going to get it done. But don't you want him to kind of get it done through people like us? Like, don't you want to be a part of God's great salvation plan? Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm tired of living the selfish life. I want to live the selfless life where I'm laying it down for something bigger and better for the greater things of God's greater kingdom. Take the limits off. Rise up. Let faith rise up and see greater things than ever before. Remember what he's done for you. I speak this over you again. If you've got Jesus in your life, he delivered you, he rescued you, he saved you, he made a way where there seemed to be no way, he pulled you out of a pit. Do you remember the pit that you were in? And he pulled you out of a pit that had no way out, and yet he found a way out. Aren't you thankful for the Lord? And look at where you're standing now. You're standing on the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus. And if he can do that, listen again, Lifespring, listen, if he can do that, if he can pull you out of pit, you just know, you were trapped. there was nothing you could do to get out of the pit. If he can do that, if he can take you from spiritual death into eternal life, if he can do that, then he can do anything. He can do it. Whatever you're facing today, would you stand with me, church? Whatever you're walking through today, whatever trial or tribulation or hardship you're facing today, nothing is impossible for the Lord. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible for the Lord for the Lord. Say it again. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. Nothing's impossible, church. I've seen you move